All right, let's get to it. A special edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. We are your hosts. An interesting podcast we have uh, today, CJ. Care to uh, elaborate on that? Yes, this is uh, what we were saying in episode, the end of episode 31, is that when Sean and myself can't get together, or uh, if we want to have uh, more contact for you guys, um, I came up with an idea that we should have some episodes in the can, just so we have some stuff out there you can listen to. Uh, today, we're going to be going over, at least m- mine and Sean's opinion, uh, of the best matches that have happened so far in 2019. Um, I will say this list is mostly mine, but, but but Sean has seen a majority of these matches too, so anything yes. that he has not seen, I'll... He uh, read me the list and I just about agreed with everything that he said. Yeah. Um, if there are any... Do you have any honorable mentions, Sean, that may not be on this list? So honorable mention, I'm trying to think here. Um... 2019 was a good year of wrestling, I will say. So far, yes. Um, you know, you had Double or Nothing, the the first pay-per-view for AEW. You know, WWE has put on some good matches, of course. There's a lot of G1 matches. A lot of G1 matches that have been really absolutely... One is on here, but um, there are probably other ones better than this one. Like, they're probably that have some, been absolutely fantastic. A probably, big one. Did you have Kofi and Brian at Mania on that list? Well, we'll have to wait and see. Okay. And for, for the people to find out. Okay, well then. There you go. <laughs> I was going to say like like a Will Ospreay match I haven't gotten to see on the G1, but there is a G1 match on there. I had to put at least one on right. there. Right. So there's a, there's a good majority of them for just about any, uh, just about all, a lot from WWE, AEW, G1, a lot of, a lot of wrestling everywhere on this list. So you've, you've yet to name an honorable mention. <laughs> right. Well, that that's what I'm trying to look for right now. So, okay. You did have that. All right. So I'm trying to think here for an honorable mention. You kind of put me on the spot here. Cause again, I thought there's been a lot of good wrestling uh, over the course of this year, I'm just trying to think back to kind of what I've watched. What um, about the uh, Fatal Five Way from NXT? The Fatal Five Way from NXT was a good one. Um, you know, and oh, and that's the other thing too. NXT matches, I think they've really done some great work on that. I think another one too. Um, you know, we were there in attendance. Final Battle 2018, the ladder war match, the main event. I thought that was a great match. Even though that's uh, 2018, but okay. 2018, close to 2019. Um, so Rhodes versus uh, Young Bucks. Rhodes Young Bucks um, fight for the Fallen was a good one. Obviously, all those great final or uh, great uh, honorable mentions. But why don't we get to the list, CJ? Okay, we're gonna get to the list here. Coming in at number ten, Undisputed Era versus Hashtag DIY Dusty Dusty Classic opening round NXT, of the Dusty Classic NXT TV. This one is near and dear to my heart personally. I had to put it on here. Almost put it as an honorable mention, but I had to put it on here because. I love both these teams. Uh, Champa and Gargano, when they first started teaming up, and they had those amazing series of matches with the Revival. And then, you know, Fish and O'Reilly killing it in the Indies in Ring of Honor in New Japan. And when ERA got together, when they debuted together, Champa tweeted a picture of him and Gargano and uh, Fish and O'Reilly and said, one thing I know after tonight Red Dragon versus hashtag DIY will never happen. And he's like laughing face emoji. Champa being a proper dick. Right. But eventually we did get this match. It was when Gargano kind of turned heel and he kind of doesn't know what's going on. What's next for him for NXT. He lost the, the North American Championship to Ricochet. Champa laid out an offer. We were the best tag team at one point. Let's prove it to everybody that we st- we're still the best tag team. Let's go. We're gonna let's go win the tag team titles. Will you be my partner in the Dusty Classic? Gargano accepts. And the first 
match that they have is against Undisputed Era. I mean, I recently rewatched this, and holy shit, man. Just the spots some of these guys were doing. Champion with the running knees, like... Gargano hit, tried to go for his spear in the middle rope, and O'Reilly caught him in a submission hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Champ and Gargano looking like they haven't missed a beat as a tag team. Uh, Fish had recently just come back. It was yeah. Fish came back what a yeah. few months before that for War Games, right? Yeah. Um, I think it might have been my favorite NXT TV match this year so far, and it's just a dream tag team match. Well, and I love me some tag team wrestling. Well, I agree with that. And when you think about a match like that, too, and even in the beginning when Gargano and Champa came out to their music and Champa's music stopped, and all of a sudden you heard DIY's theme and playing new again. new DIY graphics. New DIY graphics. And it was just, it felt whole again. Like Disclaimer, I have hiccups in this one, too. Yeah. And also the thing with this, too, is it's like, you know, you had the Gargano and Champa rivalry. That was phenomenal in 2018. I was very upset that we didn't get to see the finale in 2019 because Champa got hurt. Uh, but this tag team run was going to lead to the finale at TakeOver New York, WrestleMania weekend. Um, but Rogan for this will th- finally be champion. Right, but this being the opening match of the Dusty Rose Classic or at least a first round match between these two it was one of those things where it's like, alright, are we going to get DIY to lose first and then you're going get to the, get the turn to happen or are you going to have Undisputed Era lose and have DIY go on longer? You needed uh, Champa and Gargano to win. To right. Further, further you had to have them win the first one to get credibility. They eventually lost this, the uh the second round match against Alistair Black and Ricochet, which then was the... Giant. That was great, too. That was a great match, too. That could be an honorable mention, too. Another honorable mention, I just had Naito and Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom. That's good, too. That was a very good match. Another but honorable anyway. mention I have is Ibushi versus Naito in the MSG. Right. Unfortunately, I couldn't get one of those matches in there. But speaking of, let's just move on to the next one. Right. Number n- Always love me, Gargano and Champa. <laughs> Number, always will. Number nine is Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles at Money in the Bank. It was probably only the good thing about year. Money in the Bank. I mean, the latter match was good. Recipe Finn Balor's back, and then Brock came in at the end and won yeah, the briefcase. Yeah, Michael Cole just going, what's wrong with these guys? <laughs> like, he's never seen a ladder match or crazy spots before. You know, he was in the Attitude Era, if you remember. Yeah, and I he, know. And he once witnessed, you know, Lee to take 18 chair shots while protecting Matt Hardy. But anyway, you may continue. But... Yeah, I would say this was probably my favorite match of that night. Rollins and AJ. Did you expect anything less? It was great. It wasn't like an amazing barn burner of a match or like maybe go, holy shit. But it was still really, really good. I loved the match. Um, and I think what we, we as fans loved is that we were getting it so soon into Rollins' uh, Universal Championship. It was brain. the first defense. It was, the first, it was the first defense. And the it first was, real defense. And it was the only good thing about his title reign. Yeah, because Baron Corbin really put it in. And Lacey Evans didn't help. Um, what was the first real defense? I mean, he, he defended his title against Kofi for five minutes the night after. A- AJ was teasing. The heel turn. The heel turn. But it didn't happen yet at this point. Right. It happened about a month and a half later when but, he turned on Ricochet. But I think it was a dream match. Um, it was a match that the creative team looked at and says, like, we really want to keep this going with Seth. Let's just give him AJ right away. Whether they had the plans to put the club back together at some point or not, I don't know. But I think this planted the seeds for that. I know. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I, ju- I uh, really enjoyed Rollins and Styles, and I'm glad we got it so soon. I just wish they continued with it instead of having Corbin. Well, what I liked really about this match, too, was you know kind of the fact that this was one of those first-time-ever WWE feels. Because if you remember, yeah. when Seth came back in 2016... We were there for that. We were there for that. 
it didn't take long for AJ to turn heel right after that, so we really didn't get an opportunity to see that one-on-one -on -one match. We and then AJ went over to SmackDown for two and a half years. And we didn't get really get to see a, see a chance of a babyface Rollins versus a heel Styles. Styles was more of a tweener in this match, but... He wasn't full heel yet. Right, but my, my point on that was, you know, we really didn't get an opportunity to see this match until they finally pulled it off and did it. Because, True. again, you had you had both of them as heels in 2016, then the draft happened, and AJ went over to SmackDown for two years, and then he comes over to Raw, and right away, we get AJ and Seth. Right away, out of the gate. Like, that's the match. Perfect. Right? So we never had an opportunity to see this match. Three years in the making, we finally get it on WWE programming, I should say. First time ever in the WWE and they did not disappoint it was probably my favorite match tonight I mean yes the ladder match was great the ending sucked um, yeah but this probably without question was my favorite part of the night yeah for sure I mean Styles and, and Rollins are two of the best wrestlers in the world for sure um, and maybe we'll do a list at some point later on the uh, top 10 best wrestlers in the world sure we'll think about that that's for sure definitely Goldust will probably be number one I'm sure yeah yeah Joe will be very happy that <laughs> Goldust will be number one oh, okay. um but yeah, I don't, I think we've said everything we can about right. this match. Moving on, going to just New Japan now. Number eight, John Moxley versus Tetsuya Naito. Hey, do you remember when WWE had Dean Ambrose basically just drop the ball? Or I'm sorry, they, they dropped the ball on Dean Ambrose. You remember that? Yeah, that wasn't fun. What a difference three months makes. What? A, oh my God, I also love that Moxley feels he changes up his gear. When he's working for AEW and when he's and working, working in New Japan. New Japan, he wears shorts. And borderline tights. Yeah. I mean, the first night Moxley comes in for New Japan and he beats Juice Robinson for the, the U.S. title. Five days after, or two, or I should say five or ten days after Double or Nothing. Yeah. Like right away. It was his first proper match back outside of WWE. And I think, I think, uh, I actually originally had this match, that match, Robinson versus Moxley in its place, but after seeing Naito and Moxley, I had to put it in. Right. Moxley and Robinson is an honorable mention for sure, but this was a dream match for me because Naito is one of my favorite guys in New Japan, and just the character, the character work-esque of Naito and Moxley, the whole time, like, Moxley going, come on, come on, Naito, come on. And he was, he's been cursing all the time, I don't know if he said it in this one or in sh his match against Shingo. He goes, I give zero Fs. Yeah. I don't give a shit. He was... You can tell when you watch a John Moxley match now, he's having fun. Yep. I think uh, he's having the most fun of his entire career, I would have to say. There were two spots in particular where Naito, one thing he does to kind of taunt his opponents, he goes into the ring and just lies down for his opponent and kind of like, you know, flaps his... Flap, excuse me, flaps his arm going like, come on, come on, come pin me. Right. Moxley did that to him first. Naito eventually did it followed. Moxley was really trying to destroy Naito. He was going to like, he put his ankle in a chair. The, the referee got it out of his hands. Um, so far, it's been my favorite match of the G1. Now, I haven't seen a lot of them. I've yet to see Ibushi and Will Ospreay. I've yet to see Okada and Will Ospreay. I've yet to see Kenta and Okada. Kenta and Okada, I heard, was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And I need to see that match. Um, but, but yeah, that's number eight with John Moxley. I think that's been Moxley's... I think that's been my favorite match of his besides the match with Janelle at Vi uh, Fighter, Fighter Vest. Right. That could be an honorable mention. That too. 
I think we're gonna keep the, the <laughs> we're gonna keep saying honorable mention for everything. Pretty much because we did. It's been a good year of pro wrestling. <laughs> we didn't come up with an honorable mentions list. We're just kind of going as, as we'll we do go. that next time. Next, <laughs> next time. Okay. Uh, I don't think Sean got to see this, but he's aware of the match. Next is number seven. Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan. Saw highlights. I didn't see the whole thing, but oh my god, it didn't do it justice. But like this, this in particular was one of the first that we've seen in this generation. I should say, we've never seen something like this. Where not only does it's the only impact match on this list, right? And we don't talk a lot of impact wrestling on this podcast, but, but we do when it has to, or when it's when it's. I love me some Tessa Blanchard. Put it this way: this is not only the first of our generation that we've seen kind of an intergender match on this stage, but it was the main event of one of their biggest pay per views of the year. Yes, it was. Like when you think about it, you you had their world title match, you had RVD on this list. This 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 is that. It put Tessa Blanchard, Sammy Callahan in the main event. Mm-hmm. And they beat the crap out of one another, and I she lo- held her own. I loved this. And obviously, she didn't. This. She didn't win, but she won mentally in the end. Like she got over. She when you talk about who went over, the, oh my god, she went over. Like she won in the end. I was very worried when I heard that they turned her babyface because she's such a great heel. She was a phenomenal heel in Impact. But with what they're doing with her, she's bringing a lot of eyes to their product. She is changing the game when it comes to wrestling, and. I think she's the best female wrestler in the world. Well, we talked about um, that in a couple, or maybe even this week. I don't know exactly when the date is. She's supposed to wrestle Sammy again in a number one contenders match. For the world title. Are they going to put the world title on this girl? Yes. Because that would be a first. Put put the world title on Tessa Blanchard. That will get you even more viewers. Put it this way. like That's the Impact Wrestling official saying, do we have your attention now? It would, it would be the first of its kind. Not even AEW thought of doing that. Is putting the even, World Heavyweight Championship on a woman. WWE didn't Imagine do that. Imagine that. The WWE didn't do it with China. Like that's, that's that some, was their opportunity to do it. That's something you figured WWE would have done with that, China. That was their opportunity to do that. If they ever had the chance to do that. That's like them putting the World Heavyweight title on Charlotte. That's like them that's yes. like them having her beat Kofi for the WWE Championship. Like it's 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 unfortunate that it is almost unheard of, but oh my god, like do we you have our attention now? Yes, you do, especially if she wins this match. I'll say that Sammy Callahan's heel work in this match was off the charts. Was incredible. I love that Callahan is a guy who does not care if he is lightened, if he's a heel. He plays up being a heel all the time. And I love that about him. I love that he gets real heat. People were people legitimately don't like him. Mm-hmm. And I'm, there was one spot where like Tessa did like she did like three suicide dives on on him. And then he like caught her and did like a Death Valley driver on her. Mm-hmm. Tessa's salt was selling was incredible too. Yeah, you really felt for her. What I really enjoyed actually was wasn't even in the match. It was the ending when they went off the air. Was he showed her that sign of respect, handed her the bat, left the ring, gave her the ring, and she's crying in the ring to a standing ovation. Like, it's almost like, it, it was one of those things where it's like, and I remember Tommy Dreamer saying this in an interview where uh, where he got over in the ECW arena, and Paul Heyman looked at him and said, now you're accepted, and you will never lose that. That is something you will always have. Tessa Blanchard will never lose that again. I mean, I really want to see her go to AEW at some point, but, um, but if, hey, if she's killing it right now in Impact... Just keep doing she it. could be the world champion in just oh, a yeah. matter of months. Imagine her. Imagine the main event of Bound for Glory. Tessa Blanchard ends the show winning the world heavyweight title. 
That's unheard of. I'd love it. But something I would love to see. I would love it. Absolutely love it if they did that. With Absolutely. I guess we want to the next one, huh? Yeah, why not? Number six is Peter Dune versus Volta. NXT TakeOver New York. This match was awesome. Joe, My good friend Joe. His this match per- I watched live. His personal favorite match from TakeOver New York. Uh, if it wasn't Gargano and Cole, it better have been this one. Because oh you can make an argument God. that this was the match of the night. At, this at match point, yes. was nuts. If you had nev- I said it before when we did predictions for TakeOver New York. If you have never seen, you had never se- seen Walter wrestle before. Oh man! You're watch in, Takeover. Watch you were in for a treat. This pretty much personified Walter as a wrestler. The chops, those thick chops he you hits. You could hear them across the river. The <laughs> the redness in Pete Dunne's chest. The welts on Pete Dunne's chest. The selling in this match too was also oh very good. Oh my god! And and what's funny was when we did predictions for Takeover New York, we both said this is what seemed to have been the biggest threat to this. I couldn't even tell you how many days it was at the time, but amazing UK title he reign held that the he title had. for almost two and a half years. Yes, but that's so also this, because they didn't, couldn't figure out a TV TV pro- right platform without. For it. But without being with that being said, this was the biggest threat to that reign ever, Absolutely. and it showed. And Pete Dunne held his own in this match too. Take nothing away from him. Probably he challenged Walter may, to the limit. Maybe my favorite Pete Dunne match I've seen. Even the lead up to this match was very good because they had those tag matches together and you could see the tension starting to build. Mm. And then finally we get to this match. And my only complaint about this match is I wish it wasn't second on the card. I second, personally... Second to last? No, no, it was second on the card. No, it wasn't. Do you Rid- remember? Riddle and Dream was second on the card. It was Black and Ricochet. I don't remember this Raiders. match being second to last. Matt, Riddle and Dream... Maybe third. It was not second to last. I think the women's match was. Maybe third to last then. Maybe but third to last. But it wasn't second on the card right, they made, they made, uh, Riddle and Dream was second on the card. I have to go back and look. I think Riddle and Dream was third. Anyway, but with that being said, I guess I don't have to complain anymore. Anyway, the match was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. Uh, again, probably my favorite match I've ever... Uh, Pete Dunne match I've ever seen. Uh, probably his best match. I haven't seen too many Walters matches, but it's... The two, the the few I've seen, my those favorite. chops hurt when I was I watching them. They my, hurt. My favorites I've seen from Walter are this one and uh, his match against Will Ospreay he had a couple years ago. Put it this way: NXT Takeover New York. I remember texting after every match saying, "I can't believe we're not there. I can't believe we're not I there. Know, I, I so can't pissed. believe we're not there." And finally, so at the end, pissed. God damn it, I can't believe we weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> but. But yeah, I mean, watching that live because I watched I watched the whole takeover on that one, so I watched every match live, including that one, and I just remember at the end being like, "Wow, I was with Ashley that, that, I was was with Ashley that night." Good, and, out with and I remember because you said if you've never seen Walter compete before, which I never have, watch takeover. She has a message for you, by the way, Ashley. She says, "Thanks for stealing my date night." Stealing your date night? Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah, yeah I, guess, uh, I guess we went to the next one. Saturdays are for the boys. <laughs> that was on a Friday. Oh. And it's Tuesday. Well, then there you go. Okay, let's move on. Uh, number five are the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers at Double or Nothing for the Triple A Tag Team That's title. Justin Roberts would like to say. That's Justin Roberts would like to say. Love Justin Roberts. Um, Can I get in? Orange. <laughs> no, I'm good. I like apples. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Long uh, live BT. Bucks versus Lucha Bros. This match was incredible. Athletic- Everything I ever expected from it, too. Athletically, it was probably the best match at Double or Nothing. Yes. It was the one match I was probably looking forward for to the most. And you even it- said it in the predictions. This was going to be your match of the night. 
It was between that and Dustin and Cody. Yes. Um, those were the two I was looking forward to the most. And, man, it was everything you expected and more. I Way mean, more. Pentagon hit a dis- Canadian Canadian destroyer on mat, on the ring apron, and then Phoenix did, like, this crazy flip on the inside with Nick holding his arm, the, like, this crazy flip arm drag. Uh, Why does Matt always perceive to get his arm broken in every match he's in? You mean Nick? Or Nick, yeah. Matt's thing. Or no, Matt was was fighting for the fall. Nick is everything else. Yeah, like, (laughs) man, like, they were even calling back to, like, old tag team finishers of old They were paying tribute to those. Motors, machine machine guns. Machine guns. uh, Owens and Zane, which they referenced as Steen and uh, Generico. Generico. Yeah, I almost forgot for a second. So, you know, the story of this match was... The Lucha Brothers are probably the best tag team in the world because they're consistently wrestling. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Young Bucks hadn't had a match since, like, a proper match since, like, January. Well, their first match from that time was March. That's when they took the belts mm-hmm. off them in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So that was the one they kept referencing. But, yes, their their last match where they were wrestling consistently was Wrestle Kingdom January 4, 2019. And the Lucha Brothers have been, had been wrestling consistently since They took then. a red eye from Tijuana to Las Vegas that night you to even, wrestle. You even saw, like, they played that up in the story where, like, the there's miscommunication between Nick and Matt. And, oh, they played that very well. And I loved that. You know, you know, it was doubting that if the Young Bucks are the best tag right. team in the world. And you remember those episodes of BTE leading up to that where they're training in the ring and they're not getting it properly. They brought that into Double or Nothing where in the beginning they weren't hitting those, you know, those signature Young Bucks moves properly. And you could see the frustration in both their faces. They were getting frustrated with one another. They were getting frustrated in the match too. And they were getting frustrated in the match. They had to work together to figure it out and find the pieces, w- pick them up. Whereas Pentagon and Phoenix were a co- cohesive unit right and they were working together and really took took that first half of that match mm-hmm. I, I think uh, probably when we revisit when by the time all out comes out we may think the latter match would be better but as of right now yes well the, i i will be sure to post this before all out yeah but 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 um but as of right now bucks and lucha bros double or nothing maybe my yeah the latter match will top it so i'll be sure to post this before <laughs> that but probably my favorite tag match of the year it's because it's the last tag match I have on the list. Anyway, moving on. There'll be more in 2020, I guarantee it. Probably the best feel-good moment of the year. Coming to number four, Kofi Kingston versus oh. Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania Can 30, I just say, 35. And, and real quick, and, and before we even get to the match itself, let's talk about the fact that you and I were live in attendance for this. Mm-hmm. The energy in the building from... And I'm getting chills talking about it right now because... We talked about WrestleMania being an eight-hour show and this, this, that. And this, to, to me, was the best WrestleMania that they've put on in a long time to the point where this match was, I think, at the four-and-a-half-hour mark and the place was still jumping. This is probably after this match where the crowd started to get lost. Right after Joe and Mysterio had their 55-second match, right after that is kind of where the crowd started to lose energy. But I'm glad the energy stuck around for this match because holy crap. That crowd was ready to come unglued when he finally won the match. Because leading up to this match was... And remember, this wasn't supposed to happen. This was supposed to be Ali's spot. Ali gets hurt. Kofi gets well, put in the chamber. Well, I think Ali was supposed to be there until... I heard, I heard Elimination Chamber Then that this spot was really maybe for Kevin Owens. Right. 
as a blue collar kind of like Dusty but Rhodes. But this was an example of the fans getting behind their guy. This is what we want. You're going to give it to us, and that's what happened. So give us what we want. Exactly. Give me what I want. So we fast forward to WrestleMania 35, middle of the night, Kofi Bryan for the championship. And not only was it a great feel-good moment, the match itself was fantastic. Oh, my God. It was the best match of Mania. You had involvement <laughs> of Rowan. Uh, you had involvement of Big E and, and Xavier, and Woods. Yeah, Xavier Woods. And what was very interesting about the finish, too, was you had Kofi steal the Daniel Bryan stomps. Well, before that, he hits the knee, kicks out the last second, place goes crazy. Then you have Kofi steal the the stomps, and then he starts setting up for trouble in paradise. And you and me kind of looked at each other going, nah, I can't end this way. He's going to reverse it or do something or whatever. And all of a sudden, Kofi actually hits the <laughs> trouble in paradise. You think he's going to kick out. And before you know it, the bell rang. It's over. And CJ, if MetLife Stadium... This is the only complaint that I had, is that MetLife Stadium did not build a roof. Because that place could have been louder than it was. But that was the loudest I ever heard that stadium. And I've been there for football games. I've been there for a lot of things. I've never heard that place go as it nuts as it did. It was one of the loudest reactions, if not the loudest reaction I've ever been a part of for a wrestling yep. show. And I can remember... I looked at you saying, holy shit, he did it. He finally did it. We were jumping it. up and down. We were going nuts. Like, it was, for wrestling and storytelling, it was the best feel-good moment of and the And I year. can remember, you know, and, and I watched this match back to see how good it was, and I remember watching back as... Um, as they're making the announcement, here's your winner, and new. You just get this shot of the locker room. Everybody's celebrating, like you, and, you, and that it's, part it's almost was like real. You, it's almost like you can't believe it. Like you can't believe he finally did. Xavier Woods is a mess in the ring. Biggie's trying to hold it together, um, and credit to obviously Daniel Bryan, Eric Grown, to just getting out of Dodge immediately, giving Kofi the ring, this and that. Like Daniel Bryan, because he's had that moment before. The minute that match was over, Daniel Bryan was out of the ring. He he knew the importance of the moment. He got out. He was out of the ring. And then they revealed the WWE Championship for Kofi. With Kofi's name plans. Kofi's name <laughs> Totally not planned at all. Kofi's name plants on it. Or name plants, I should say. Brings his family into the ring, all this. Did the fireworks going off. A great feel-good moment. And it was the feel... Forget 2019, maybe the last couple of years. Maybe the best feel-good moment since Daniel Bryan did it five years before. Yeah. At least in the WWE. Because for sure. that was... Not because again, that wasn't supposed to happen, no, and that's another big reason of why it was so special because it was never supposed to happen, and it did. And to this day, he's still going, and he's got a big match with Randy Orton at SummerSlam that I also can't wait for. Yep. But yeah, I would say for a few, if we, if we were basing this off feel good moments, 2019, I'd have to say that's number one or two. We could make a list of who's had like great moments of 2019. Right. So if that's far. not number one, one, there's a small conversation as to what is. Yeah. Or who's had the best, but we'll right. figure that out. Okay. Number three, Adam Cole, baby, baby, versus Johnny Gargano at NXT TakeOver New York. This match. Two out of three. Oh, two out of three falls. Excuse the me. The first two out of three falls match that they're going to have. The second one is going to be in a couple of weeks. Yes. That. Gimmick two out of three falls. I was contemplating whether or not putting this one. Or the TakeOver 25 one. B both of them are very close. I would say TakeOver 25 is an honorable mention because we're organized, as you can tell. Um, I remember texting you after the match was over saying they may have outdone themselves. They may have, but I, I do agree with you why that you put this one in for a lot of different reasons because... I remember this was supposed to be the Champa Gargano finale. A lot of people were disappointed that it. it wasn't. I mean, we were too. And you and I said that they are going to have to do a lot 
to make us forget that this was supposed to be Champa. We said that the one person who should be in that spot is, is Adam Cole. Cole Adam Cole. Right. He was the one who should have been in the spot, and it's a good thing he was. And not only did they have a good match, they tore apart the friggin' building. What I loved is that how well of a job they did, especially up until this point, is that you've kind of almost forgotten this was supposed to be Champa. That's and that was the thing. They had to do a lot to make us believe that, and they really did. And what I really loved about this match too was, and I and we talked about this after it was over, was at first Cole was getting cheered louder. How do you? How do you make sure that Gargano gets the biggest pop at the end? You bring in all four members of the Undisputed Era and try to stop it. Over time, like the crowd was majority for Adam Cole. And quickly turned on him. It w- as the night progressed, people were cheering louder and louder for Gargano. Yep. People, then- people in the crowd wearing Undisputed Era and Adam Cole shirts. Right. Cheering for Gargano because by the time the era came in, they realized what was going on, and every time that the era hit a big move on Gargano, when that third fall and he kicked out and he kicked out and he kicked out, you kept saying to yourself, "It has to be Johnny tonight." And finally, he puts the Gargano escape and him. He taps out, and that roof came off. And that's props to Triple H too, where it's like Cole was getting the majority of the cheers, and by the end of the night, he's getting booed out of the building right before the finish. That is something they pride That's themselves. That's called storytelling. Yes, they pride themselves on that undisputed era. Like even though they may get a big pop coming into the ring, they truly feel that once the bell rings, they can get that crowd get, to hate yeah, them. Yeah, they can get the heat. And yep, and they did. They absolutely did. They that do a great night. job at that. They did because Johnny's moment was there despite Champa not being there, and it that was, was the goal. It was the match that broke the WWE Meltzer star rating. He gave this match what? What five and a half stars? Five and a half. Yep. And Deservingly so. And yes, the, the 25 match was good, but I thought this match told a much better story. I mean, Gargano has arguably been the best wrestler in WWE for the past number of years now. Go on three, I'd say. I, I think so. I mean, as far as WWE goes, it's it's him, it's Styles, uh, probably Adam Cole too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you can make the case that the 25 match should be on the list, but I think when it comes to the storytelling part of this rivalry, the the two out of three falls match takes the cake. That was just sure. unbelievable out of both of them. An unbelievable work out of both of them, because Cole probably said, all right, so for me to get this crowd to hate me, I need all three members of the Undisputed Era in this match. It's also been this year-long journey of Gargano chasing right. the NXT championship. Had a heel turn in the process, since, back to a face. Since losing to Andrade, since losing to Ciampa, since, you know, all these losing things. Losing to Champa twice. Yeah, losing to Champa. And losing then to Black. Losing to Ricochet. Well, he didn't lose to Ricochet. He lost to Velveteen Dream. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. He yes. Lost to Quickly Dream. lost to Velveteen Dream yes, two weeks he, later. So, Gargano, it made the sense. It made sense for him to win the title. I don't know. I also, I don't know, I also said he did everything he could and it was, made sense for Cole to win the title. And that's another thing that was great about this match is that we really did not know who was going to win. Because both of them had a strong case. Just like had, how had we... Ch- had Champa been in the match, we'd been like, oh, it was Gargano for sure. Right. But... But you never knew. It makes that intrigue more in a match right. of not knowing. And like we said in episode 31 of our podcast, when it comes to who needs to win more SummerSlam weekend, just like TakeOver New York, it's very close on who needs it more. We kind of lean more towards Cole on this one. Where we lean ter- more towards Cole SummerSlam, TakeOver we lean more towards... Actually, we were split. We were split on predictions on that one. You said Cole, I said Gargano. That's true. So, but again, just like that one, it was... and. New York, it was very close, and that's another reason why this match was so good, because you didn't know who was going to win. 
Best match from NXT so far this this year. Best match in WWE overall. I agree. Let's move on. All right, moving on. Number two, Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. This is where I say that if we had a top 10 feel-good moment, this would be the one to challenge Kofi and Brian. Yeah, for sure. This one. This is what I was alluding to about 10 minutes ago. Excuse me. This match... I never expected five stars, but I did expect match of the night for one simple reason. It wasn't going to outdo the Young Bucks. It wasn't going to outdo Kenny from, and from an Chris. athletic standpoint. It wasn't going to end. It wasn't going to outdo Kenny and Chris, although it came close. Um, it did but the story Omega. was amazing. I personally think it did outdo Omega and Jericho. It's close, I would say. No, I mean it's between that and the Bucks and Lucha Bros were the best matches of the night. Yes, Omega and Jericho was just simply to set up Moxley coming in. Yes, this this match, there were so many different emotions coming in. I, I a lot of real feelings. Yeah, too. like I knew it was going to be good. I knew the story and the build was great, but seeing the actual match happen before my eyes just blew me away. I, I've never felt so much emotion in a match like that in so long, and. You know, they're both... You know, Cody's covering Dustin's butt at one point. Dustin's bleeding like a stuffed pig. And... You get the Dusty chance, and, and they're trying to hold back. And Yeah, the involvement of Brandy at one point. Mm -hmm. Remember Jim I mean, Ross saying, What kind of family is this? <laughs> what kind of family is this? Earl, you better do the... Yeah, get her out of here. <laughs> she's, like, mean, she's like, I'm the cheap brand officer. And then you have Diamond Dallas Page. You're like, come on. Oh, okay, you're not going to go yeah, quietly. Let's just go. <laughs> He's like, all right, he's like, member of the Nightmare family. <laughs> I, I think, but yeah, like, this proved like, Dustin... He could still a go. Age is just a number. This he's, was, he's incredible. This was example about number 80 at Double or Nothing that WWE dropped the ball on somebody. Yes, for sure. Moxley was obviously number one, but I would say that Dustin proved it 50. You could argue Cody's number go. one. Well, yes. I, I'd say in the heat of the moment, it was Moxley. Yeah, okay. I think we've known it's been Cody since he left. Um, but I think with Dustin in particular, he's 50 years old. He wanted to do something new. He wanted to get his release so he can do this match with Cody, um, as well as do other things. But I think a big priority was to do the match with Cody at Double or Nothing. And the one, and if you didn't have a tear in your eye watching at this the match. End, or even in the match, unless yes. you're Unless you're Joe. Where you thought this match was just okay. Oh, just okay. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> How about he goes uh, back and watch the match again? <laughs> he's not going to. <laughs> Trust me. Anyway, um, when Dustin was trying to take his boots off. Try to retire in the ring. Try to retire. Cody comes in, tells him, you don't get to retire here. When I signed on here. He's like, I got to ask you a favor. I, for, for one of my matches, I requested Fight the Fallen. It was a tag team match against the Young Bucks. I don't need a friend. I don't need a partner. I need my older brother. And he's choking up as he's saying it. And he's crying. Dustin's crying. And people in the crowd are crying. Yes. Hey, excuse me. <laughs> and that's, this will be gone by next week. Hopefully. <laughs> this might mean I'm Gotta stay away by. from the burritos. <laughs> so, <laughs> so be, yeah, people are emotional. And it's the first time you really feel emotional about them. Like, seriously emotional about a match in a really, really long time. Yeah. And, I don't remember the last time I felt that way about a match yeah. than this one. Because I remember, like, I, I didn't expect the match to be... I, again, the storytelling part, I knew they, was, they were going to hit a home run with it. But the Absolutely, match itself yeah. was good. A lot of near falls, a lot of false finishes, this, this, that. Finally, Cody gets to win at the end. And like you said, Dustin's trying to take his boots off. Cody hits the ring. He says, you don't get to do that here. 
Because I got to ask you a favor. A lot of what his father did many years ago in WCW with Dustin. A very similar promo. Um, and that was another reason I had the fans choked up and crying and all that. A very good feel-good moment in 2019 for sure. And again, another reason of, hey, WWE, middle finger, you dropped the ball with us and we're going to show why. These guys have one of the best matches of the year. Yep. But for me personally, not the best match so far. Number one is Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi at the best of the Super Juniors finals. I think I think Will Ospreay honestly could be in contention for any top of the year match. I think he this whole list could have been just Will Ospreay matches. Well, that would be unfair. It would be. <laughs> but maybe um, it also would be fair. <laughs> I'm saying it right now. Will Ospreay is the best wrestler in the world today. He is the best. He proved that to me when Kota Ibushi tried to hit a hurricane run on him off the top rope, and the man landed on his two feet. I mean, you just look at the matches he's had so far. He had an amazing match with Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom. He had an amazing match with Dragon Lee after this one at Dominion. He's He's been killing it in the G1 lately. He had, an, he had a great match with Robbie Eagles at that Australia show New Japan did. And then this one... I mean, it's maybe the best Will Ospreay match I've ever seen. Yeah. And Shingo Takagi was joined Los Ingobernables de Japón earlier this year, won the junior tag titles with Bushi, and where LIJ took all the the gold at Wrestle Kingdom. Now, Takagi was... He was undefeated going into the best of the Super Juniors. He had not been pinned nor submitted. And he was the dragon, and Osprey was calling himself the Dragon Slayer. Yeah. And Osprey was walking with a with a with a katana sword <laughs> into the ring. I loved it. Um, and and when they announced the best of Super Juniors, for me, I didn't think Osprey would win. I thought they were transitioning. They're transitioning the, he- the heavyweight, heavyweight division. division, and maybe they still are. No, they are. I mean, him being the junior heavyweight champ right now, and you know. Being in the G1, I mean, it's nuts that he's just, he's on another level right now, man. And the hard-hitting action in this match. Like, there's one there's one right. move where he, he lands on his feet. Shingo, I think, has his back turned to him. And then he's just a spinning, spinning heel kick. Yeah. The back of Shingo's head. The... Suicide dives, the the os cutter into the stormbreaker. I mean, Will Osprey. Let's just remember something. He's a year younger than me. <laughs> he's twenty four, or he's my age now. He's 24, 20, 25 years old, and he's doing so many crazy athletic things. Well, you and I are not athletic, so... No, we're not. <laughs> I'm definitely not athletic. If we, we can ask our dads about that yes. when, when we played baseball. I think um, we did okay for ourselves. Yeah, okay. Um, but I was short. That was my advantage. I was short and fast. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Osprey, just this guy is on a total tear, and I, with the way the standings are with the G1, he's not going to win, but... But he's got a strong showing, though. They're definitely going to have a big match for him at Wrestle Kingdom. They need to transition him to the heavyweight division, like, today. I would think 
Okada is leading the A block. Moxley is leading the B block. If Okada wins the tournament overall... He can I, choose. He can choose, and I would not be surprised if he chose Osprey. I think if he wins, he's going to choose Osprey or Ibushi. Yeah. But... I mean, you would think naturally with the way Shing, uh, Shingo was being booked that he'd be the one to win the best, the best of the Super Juniors tournament. Yeah. Well, well, when we originally talked about that, we both said that that was... That that was going to take place because Will Ospreay has to move up because there was none. There wasn't much for him to do. Obviously, if he won the Super Juniors, then that you know that's one thing. And if he won the championship, and obviously that's another. And there's still more for him to do, but he's got to be a heavyweight. Like we got to see what he could do in that division. You want to see him be the IWGP Heavyweight Champion at some point uh, because of how big the wrestling market is. You won't be surprised if one day he jumped to AEW or if he did get that WWE offer. I think he's a guy that New Japan really, really want to hang on to because he said this in Edge of Christian's podcast, that uh, Osprey, Osprey, that when Kenny left, that type of match was gone. Yeah. So he's kind of that Kenny Omega-esque guy filling the void because before Omega... Before Osprey, it was Omega. Before Omega, it was Styles. Before Styles, you could say it was Devitt. <laughs> Excuse me. Finn Balor, if you don't know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's for sure, I think he's the best wrestler in the world right now. He's in contention for top, best, whatever wrestler in the world. You watch any, any Will Osprey match this year, and if you don't have any match at least feeling like wow this guy's really good or just something there's something wrong with you absolutely absolutely agree with that you could have made a list out of all Will Ospreay matches and maybe that would have been unfair but maybe it would have been fair maybe we will do a maybe we'll at some point we'll do a top 10 best Will Ospreay list and a majority of them can just be this year from this year alone agreed we could do that for a series of wrestlers but him for sure Mm-hmm. So that'll do it for this special edition of our podcast. Obviously, we'll have many more of these in the series. Um, you know, we have obviously top 10 best wrestlers of the year so far. Or overall, we're going to do. We can do top 10 best tag teams in the world. Top tag- 10 shows of the year sort of thing. I mean, that list would probably. Or top 10 shows overall. We can do. We the last, like, few got years. a couple ideas right now that we can do later on. SummerSlam is coming up. Best SummerSlam matches. Yep. Yeah. Best takeover matches. Yeah, takeover matches at some point. Yeah, there's been 25 of them. We could do that. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of going on with wrestling, and uh, we definitely want to try and do more of these as uh, we progress and moving forward. Because absolutely, have some kind of like best of shows sort of thing too. Mm-hmm. More content. Absolutely. So Sean McChesney, CJ Palmasano. See you next time.